Hey, Praise Partners, it's Flo, and we are back again with another episode. I do want to thank you all for joining me again this Friday evening. And if you are new to the channel, uh, please go back and listen to the previous five episodes. Tonight's episode topic will be, if it can be shaken, it will be shaken. Um, And that is... Going back to our previous episode in regards to the foundation. Um, So that's what we will be discussing. So I do want to start off with a verse as I do always. It's going to be Hebrews chapter 12 verses 26 through 27. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 26 through 27. And if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn to that chapter um, and find those verses. I'll give you a little bit of time to do so. If not, no worries. You can definitely research them on your own time. When you have it, say amen and amen again. He has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Okay, so previously we talked about God being the foundation on which Jesus built his church, right? We watched Simon Peter remain even when other disciples disciples left offended even when jesus gave him an opportunity to leave simon peter spoke what was established in his heart now we're going to take another look at a different test for simon peter the night jesus was betrayed jesus was seated with his 12 apostles giving thanks and serving communion when he made a startling statement behold the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table and truly the son of man goes as it has been determined but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed and that is Luke chapter 22 verses 21 to 22 if you'd like to reference it but wow you know what an announcement we would say today that Jesus had dropped the bomb right <laughs> although Jesus knew from the beginning that he would be betrayed it was like the first time his disciples had heard it though can you imagine the horrible feeling in the room as he sat there with one of them who had been with him from the start who was going to betray him in response they began to question among themselves which of them it would be that would do this they were overwhelmed with the shock that one of them would be capable of such a horrifying thing but their motive for this investigation was not pure We know now that by how their conversation ended, their reason for the inquest was selfish and full of pride. Okay, so picture this, right? Jesus told them he was about to be turned over to the chief priest to be condemned to death and delivered to the Romans to be mocked, scourged and killed. The one who would do this was sitting with him right at that table. The disciples questioned who it was, and it ended up in an argument about which of them would be the greatest. It was dishonorable, almost like children arguing over an inheritance. There was no concern for Jesus, but a jockeying for power and position. What selfishness. To me, that's unimaginable. If I had been in Jesus's position, I might have asked if they had heard what I had said or if they had even cared. 
We see from this incident as an example of how the master walked in love and patience. Most of us, if in Jesus's place, would have said, every one of you get out. I am in my greatest hour of need and you're thinking of yourselves. That's an opportunity to become offended. We can almost guess who initiated the dispute among the disciples. Simon Peter. Since he had the most dominating personality of the group, he was usually the one who spoke up first. He was probably quick to remind the others how he had been the only one to walk on water. Or perhaps he refreshed them about how he had the first revelation of who Jesus really was. Then he may have shared again his experience on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. Peter was fairly confident that he was the greatest of the twelve, but this confidence was not rooted in love. It was anchored in pride. Jesus looked at all of them and told them they were acting as mere men, not sons of the kingdom, right? But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger and he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as the one who serves. And that's Luke 22, 25, 27, if you'd like to reference it. Uh, Simon Peter was not building with the materials necessary for the kingdom of God, but with the supplies such as a strong will and personal confidence. Though unaware, he was still awaiting the transformation of his character. Pride opened that door for the enemy to come in and sift Simon Peter. Okay, and sifting means like to shake. Um, It means like to shake in a sieve um, by agitation, inward agitation uh, to try one's faith. Right. Or or to overthrow it, to overthrow your faith. Now, if Jesus had the mentality many have in the church, he would have said, You know what, guys, let's pray and bind this attack of the devil. We are not going to let Satan do this to our beloved Simon. But instead, he says, I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. That's Luke 22, 32. Any thought process of heart attitude that is rooted in selfishness or pride will be purged. As a result of this tremendous shaking, all of Simon Peter's confidence would be gone and all that would remain was God's sure foundation. He would be awakened to his true condition. The dead would be removed and the ripe fruit harvested, which would bring him closer to his true foundation. Peter boldly countered Jesus's words, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and death. This statement was not born of the spirit, but out of his own self-confidence. He could not see the foreshadowing of this shaking. It happened just as Jesus predicted. The same bold, strong Simon Peter, ready to die for Jesus, wielding the sword in the garden full of soldiers, was confronted by a little servant. He was intimidated by this little girl and denied even knowing Jesus. Some think it's the big things that cause men to stumble. Often, I think it's the smaller ones that shake us the most. This shows the futility of self-confidence. Peter denied Jesus two more times, which Jesus said that he would. Immediately, the rooster crowed and Peter left and wept. He was shaken in all of his self-confidence 
and everything that he believed he could never rise again. All he had left was what was revealed to him by the spirit. His sacrifices were not out of love for Jesus or out of a revelation of who he was. And that's because he was shaken. And if you can be shaken, you will be shaken. Notice that he said they were quickly offended because they had no foundation. So what are we to be rooted to? We find the answer in Ephesians 3, 16, 18. We are to be rooted and grounded in love. Our love for God is our foundation. Okay, Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. That's John 15, 13. But as humans, we feel like we cannot lay down our lives for someone we do not trust, right? We cannot lay down our lives for God unless we know him well enough to trust him. We must know and understand the nature and character of God. We must have the assurance that he would never do anything to harm us. But he always looks out for what he knows is in our best interest, even when we think we know. What may look like disappointment to us will always turn out for our good if we don't lose faith. God is love. There is no selfishness in that. There is no evil in him. It's Satan who desires to destroy us. We can view situations in our lives through short-range glasses, which distorts the true picture. God looks at the eternal aspect of what we go through, of what we shall gain even after this life, this physical manifestation is over. God looks at the eternal aspect because he's omnipotent and he knows. If we look at situations only from our limited vantage, two things can happen. The first, in the midst of God's purging process, we will be easy prey to offense, whether it be with God or one of his servants. Secondly, we can easily be deceived by Satan. Satan will use something that seems right at the moment, but his ultimate plan is to use that to our own destruction or death. When we are settled in trusting God, we are not moved from the Father's care. We will not succumb to the temptation to care for ourselves. Okay, and that's God's character. God knows us better than we know ourselves because God created us. Grace is given to the humble. Okay, Peter had been shaken to the verge of giving up. But if you can be shaken, you will be shaken. Had he believed and trusted 100% in the confidence he had within Jesus, he wouldn't have been shaken. He would have never denied Jesus, not once, but three times. You know, and he served the Lord. So why did he do that? History reports that Peter was crucified upside down after many years of faithful service. He insisted he was unworthy to die the same death his Lord had died, so they hung him upside down. He was no longer afraid. He was a stone built on a solid foundation of the rock. Trials in this life will expose what is in your heart, whether the offense is toward God or others. Tests either make you bitter toward God and your peers, or they make you stronger. If you pass the test, your roots will shoot down deeper, stabilizing you and your future. But if you fail, you'll become offended, which can lead to defilement and bitterness. 
Okay, and I definitely want to leave you all with a verse tonight. Um, and it's going to be Philippians 3, 3. And I, I want you guys to ponder on it if you can. Philippians 3, 3. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Okay? And I do want to ask you all a question that I want you to ponder on. Right? So we can do nothing of eternal value in our own ability. It's easy to say this. But knowing this truth, what do you think we have deeply rooted in our being? That's another matter. Okay? What do you think we have that's deeply rooted in our being that can be another matter? And I definitely want to leave you all with a prayer tonight. Um, So go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. Holy Spirit, examine our hearts and purge us of any selfishness and pride that could hinder our devotion to Christ. We are declaring that in everything that we are or do, we will strive always to display the character and humility of Christ. Father, transform our hearts completely and remove all shreds of the pride of life that we may be able to fulfill destiny in Christ. Holy Spirit, we are ready for you to complete your shaking of our life so that all that remains is God's sure foundation. God will never do anything to harm us or destroy us. We know this. Therefore, we give ourselves freely and totally over to you, Lord. We are committed to your care. We declare that the enemy will not be able to distort the character of God by deceiving us with lies about your character. We declare that anything that happens to us that threatens to destroy us is the work of Satan and it will not harm us because you, Lord, you will cause all things to work together for our good. Father, our life is founded on your unconditional love for us and we trust you completely and will lay down our life for you. Lord, we hunger to know you in your fullness and in our lives. Please reveal yourselves to us. This we ask in Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen again. All right, praise partners. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. I will be back tomorrow with another episode. And as always, I pray for health, wealth, prosperity, and abundance over all of your lives. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a good night.